This is CouncilCast, part of the Legal Talk Network, and I'm your host, Karen Conroy. When you face a complex case outside your expertise, you bring in a co-counsel for next-level results. When you want to engage, expand, and elevate your firm, you bring in a marketing co-counsel. In this podcast, I bring in marketing experts who each answer one big question to help your firm achieve more. Here's today's guest. Well, hello, darlings. My name is Allison Kay, and I help brands who are putting good into the world attract and have and enjoy other folk that they want to elevate. So essentially, I do that through SEO, email marketing, and audience research. And I especially love the service-based business, especially, especially in what you offer does not fit neatly in the I want it, add to cart, and buy it funnel. Yes. Oh my gosh. This is going to be perfect. First of all, thank you for being here and bringing all this awesome energy around marketing. <laughs> it's not always like so much fun, but like when we get these great conversations like this, like I, I predict that it will be, this is going to be a good one. This is going to be very tactical and strategical. And we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. And so the title of the show is, in, is your brand strategy aligned with SEO? And I know that sounds a little, I don't know. I don't know how it sounds, but it's going to be good. So thank you for being here. Let's talk about, let's talk about branding in general and why I, I love just kind of pulling off of the beginning thing that you said about how this is not that just one, two, three step, like add to cart, you know, whatever. Let's talk about brand strategy in terms of service-based businesses and why it's different. It's different because a lot of what is offered in service-based is intangible. Yes. People do not have a reference point. I know how much this glass costs, how much the water's in it, and I have an idea of how much it will cost, what my investment time and energy wise, and I'm simplifying this, compare yeah. that to a really sensitive case that's involving quite a mm, very mixed up situation that clients need to go into from a law perspective. There's like, it couldn't be farther from, from, from each other. And right. for a lot of folk in law, you've got two sides here. You've got the one side of the happy-go-lucky times, I'm going to call it, where I started a business and you are my business lawyer. You're going to help me write a contract. Woohoo! I know what I want. It's all okay. To the other side, uh, we actually need to help. We need your help because something has happened. Yeah. So service-based, I find with, with marketing information in general, is often aimed at the B2C, you know, business to consumer business direct to the consumer, which is great when people know what they want and it's very yeah. easy and frictionless for them to get them. For the rest of us in the service-based world, our problem to solve is how do people like, know, and trust us, especially with something so incredibly fragile, like a conflicting situation, like you know litigation, like managing what we're going to have to do. That's why yes. I see these two different worlds. It's a whole different way of people being marketed to because no one wakes up in the morning and goes, today is the day I get a divorce lawyer. I mean, right. Might, but they're, it's not the same as I need a pair of socks with dog faces on it. Like very different worlds. <laughs> it's very specific. <laughs> yes. Okay. So 
I feel like that's such a great intro because it is complex. And so starting from an understanding that this is complex, this is not just socks with dog faces on them. And we are not just, we don't have this tangible product that we are searching for and adding to cart. And it's also the conversion and the sale is easy to measure. And all of those things are so different. It's a different world. So let's tie that in, this idea of it being complex with this idea that we have to go out there and engage and pull people into our orbit. So how does that, how does that make sense? And how does the SEO tie in with this brand engagement idea? Sure. So my argument, <laughs> pun intended, would be that the key is your favorite existing clients or the folk you wish to attract. It's not what everyone else in your industry is doing. Yes. I would say that an itis that a service providers get is we know our world and we know how everything's going to happen and we know the end result. Clients couldn't care less about how that happens. They have their world and they have... Um, expectations and assumptions about what it is to work with a lawyer or firm in whatever space it's in. So yeah. what we have to do, and I find what works well with marketing is getting really clear on where your life intersects the, like your business intersects, intersects the life of your ideal client. So yes, and SEO can help that because especially in service-based, Gone are the days of people like knocking on your door and asking about you. They're going to do a lot of it research first on yeah. your brand before they even reach out. Right. Especially again, if this is a, a tenuous situation, then maybe they're trying to figure out does someone have the specialization in it? So understanding where you fit into the world of your ideal audience. And often it's not even when they have the problem. It's sort of setting up this. We'll talk a little bit about the expectation prior of like, how do yeah. we begin to get them thinking about your firm, hopefully before something happens. Right. And then SEO's job, I would say to that is on top of that, what you're trying to solve is what if they've never heard of your firm? Yeah. So you could get, you can absolutely, I love like there's confusion about localized SEO where people like look for your brand, branded SEO. So like, I know the name of Allison K law, I type it yeah. in and you're showing up. But how do you know the intersection of when you fit your ideal client's time and you in SEO are answering questions and being present when they go, oh, I need that. It's like you need to introduce When they yourself. have the question. Yeah, yeah, before they even know. And that's SEO's yeah. job is it's an answer box. So not everything yes. in marketing is going to be SEO one is not a single channel is a, is a bullet, silver bullet. There's lots of werewolves right. in marketing. Right. You can't yes. get them with just one. So it's sort of, but SEO can be wonderful because what I find when I do SEO research in particular industries is that everyone's already covered the basics. But if you're a specialized firm, you are sitting on a gold mine from SEO to talk yeah. to your ideal audience at a level where they're like, this firm gets me. I'm already yes. convinced they understand me. The like, no trust factor is easier and it just makes it more frictionless when they're going to reach yes. out to your firm. Okay, that is perfect. So I, I want to dig in to that really narrow focus that I feel like is very, it's a place where a lot of people I talk to have some fear around that because they feel like I should do everything. I should be able to answer every call. And it doesn't work that way. It's the reverse in terms of both 
both SEO and branding. And so not just in terms of like how the search results work, but in terms of how your clients feel about your firm and are more interested in working with you and convert faster. So let's talk a little bit. Can you talk a little bit about that and how it works both technically and sort of psychologically? (laughs) In what, three minutes? No, wait. Yeah, yeah. go. (laughs) Explain the world now. There is a wonderful marketer. Her name is Kate Burgoyne. And her saying is, whoever's closest to the customer wins. And so she is really keen. And also she was originally from here in beautiful Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, Halifax, Nova Scotia. So shout out to like, you know, wonderful women in marketing who are actually from my my area. She's awesome. But she's coming back to that, to that jobs to be done. And that's a lovely, fun thing people can look up if they're ever interested. This concept of jobs to be done is no matter what we purchase, we don't, we don't buy it for the for the features. We buy it for an end result. It has a job to do. Yes. So the first thing is, is that I would, number one, suggest for anyone listening that you've got to get clarity on who your favorite and ideal clients are. Yeah. Where are they at? What do they already have? What makes working with them easier? What level of literacy do they need around what you're doing? And yeah. so the way to find that out is to talk to your past ideal clients. Because what's happening in most industries, um, I find is everyone is watching what everyone else is doing, at least from like a marketing standpoint, but people aren't going back to the source. The people you need to attract are not other firms. So just stop worrying about what other firms are doing because at this stage, in my experience, most folks are seeing what other people are doing and and they're copying it, but no one's looking at the engagement. So when I think of branding, to me, branding is still isn't about us as the service provider. It's about inserting ourselves where it makes sense into our ideal client's timeline. Yes. So that's it from, so the first step, and the reason I'm saying that's a first step, and there's lots of ways we can talk about how to do that. When you as a, as a, as a, as a firm understand who you wish to attract, my next step would be, it's not your job to learn SEO. Yes, complex (laughs) and all of that. But a good SEO consultant will do far superior work. If you come with like, we want to attract this kind of person, because that gives them a roadmap to do all of the lovely, nerdy, boring, roll up our sleeves and stick our arms into it SEO work to come back to you and say, look, now that I understand who you want, here are the opportunities where your 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 contemporaries are not doing this work in SEO. Yep. Here are here are areas that are super super um, competitive. In other words, what we mean is everyone else has already done it. There's websites expensive. who've been around for twenty years. Expensive. Yeah. It's not worth yeah. that time. Right. But it, when you but if you approach SEO and I would say branding in general from a place of these are the services we offer, you're yep. at the same table as people who did that work in 20, 2010. Yeah. And in the internet world, a lot has changed. So I think that get, makes some founders and, and, and associates go like, oh, God, we got it all wrong. I'm not saying that. I'm yeah. just saying you're, you yeah. are sitting on a gold mine first. It's actually mining who you already attract. Yep. And you use that as your, that becomes your branding piece. It becomes your marketing piece. It becomes your outreach piece. And from yeah. there, anyone you work with can help 
expedite what makes you special because Google does reward us when we get specific. So if you are in family law and you specialize in queer family dynamics, you should be talking about that because for all the other family laws, I am queer. When I got divorced, I looked for a lawyer who appreciated the queer perspective. Right. And that's who I hired. And also I didn't hire because I didn't have enough assets to fight over. So anyways, but... (laughs) I just want to underline this whole idea of coming to the table and meeting your consultant with that information because we are, we are sitting at our office and we are knowing what we know about your firm from this outside perspective. Mm. And all we know is what we see on your website and what you've told us maybe in an intake form. And I can't tell you the number of times I've had these conversations, like an initial sales conversation where I say, okay, let's talk about where you're at, what you need, you know, what's going on with your firm. And, and they say, well, I'm here for you. You're the expert. You tell me. I can't read your mind. You know, I don't know what's happening when someone picks up the phone and calls your firm and who's answering. Are they answering, number one? Or do you have it go to a voicemail? Or maybe, God forbid, an old-fashioned answering machine. Number two, who is calling you most often? I don't know what happened Mm. last week. I don't know who's calling. I don't know who you like to work with. These are the things you need to bring to the table. I've even had calls where they, I say, okay, I see you've got these five areas of practice listed that you, you know, do your typical work on. And they say, oh no, three of those, we don't even do that anymore. Mm. (laughs) It's like, okay, so, okay, so there's so many problems with that to begin with. And so why are you trying to attract this? type of clientele that you don't even do this work. So Mm. where I'm going with this, (laughs) because I'm kind of taking this left turn here, but where I'm going with this is that it's important for you to have this mutual understanding with the agency that you work with, with either your marketing agency, your SEO, or maybe that's the both, and then bring to the table where you're wanting to go, because we can't read your mind. And all of that information is going to give you a better result. So Let's talk about that and then also authority in general. Like how do we, okay, first of all, let's talk about what is domain authority and then authority as a broader topic in terms of, I'm kind of doing a a sort of a weird segue from like you knowing your law firm and you being the authority figure in that firm. And then I'm trying to transition to domain authority, but it's kind of like, it's not going so short. No, that's okay. (laughs) Yeah. So ultimately we as marketers want you to succeed and we want you to live in a brand and have your marketing, however it rolls out tactically in a way that makes you feel proud of it, attracts the kind of clientele so you can do the work that you fell in love with. So when we think of it from that perspective, when we get into, we're going to now talk a little bit about like specifics around SEO. We're always serving two kinds of creatures, human beings who are complex and strange and we do our best. And then Google's robots, bless them, who are smart and stupid at the exact same time. Nothing, no other (laughs) way to put it. And no No feelings, feelings, (laughs) no context, you know, it takes them a while. Yeah. So part of, so when people go, oh, okay. So we're talking about like my, you know, our favorite clients, these are the folk we want. And my favorite, I simply mean whatever, you know, whoever is the easiest for you to work with and it's very frictionless. They're still individuals. They're still teams with, with needs and wants and goals. So over to SEO world, it's specifically understanding what is triggering them to go to Google or search engine and type in their secrets that are, that are kind of letting us know that they are thinking about your world. 
because yes. they don't wake up and go, oh, I'm going to listen to 75 podcasts about law firms today, right? They're not going right. to do that. Right. So domain, so authority building, when you get, when you are, when you show up in results, Google keeps its reasoning to this very close to its chest. Yeah. The reason we have some inkling is because nerds, far more nerdy than Karn and I, look at <laughs> patents and data yeah. and go, we think Google does this and we think Google does that. And so us yeah. SEOs go, oopie dokie, and we go for it. Right. Part of that work is in the domain authority is that these bots they have a hard job to do. I'm going to personify them, which is too bad because they're right. They're like little spiders. They're literally called spiders. They yeah. fall boop, onto your website and they crawl around. So they're, they need wording to have context. And part of that context is the way they figure out if you might say your website's the best thing ever, but they're like, you say you're a law firm, but I am an unfeeling robot. How do I know it is a law firm? So it jumps off to all the links in your website and it uses that to build this context. And part of that context is clout. Yeah, I can say I'm a rad marketer, but if I have no other marketing related websites pointing back to me to saying, yes, we believe Allison is good at this so much so that we've linked back to her, the bots have a really hard time validating this. Yes. So Part of building authority is it's a number out of a hundred and we all start at zero and we work our way up. The more, these are called backlinks. The more links from other sites you have is part of this authority equation. It's not the only one. So some websites that have been around a long time have done this work and they're getting, you know, they've, they, they have a lot of them, but I'm thinking again, back to your ideal audience. Let's say we're doing that queer um, family law practice. Yeah. You have an opportunity to grow and increase your authority for example, guest posting or speaking in queer lifestyle magazines online. Yes, that exactly. link goes back to your site. The robots yes. are trained. When you think of this of this company, think about queer matters. Yep. And not only that, so number one, so that helps to raise it. Yep. And even regardless of SEO, all of a sudden you are now touching with your ideal audience yes. where your other associates and colleagues and, and contemporaries are still just going for whatever your local chamber of commerce is right. wrong with that. You're like, right. yeah, but this is my ideal audience. So that authority building, it's so much more than just SEO, but it's, it's again, it's clout it, and it's so different for humans, right? We want right. robots to understand the context. And part of that building it is by getting that authority. And so it's called link building or backlink building yep. and days of yore, there's many ways to do it. So I keep the advice here vague because everyone's firm situation is very unique. You could be two of the same firms offering the same thing in the same city. Maybe your SEO tactics are going to be similar, or maybe it's not because maybe again, one is, 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 is queer, you know, queer centric or another one is for unrepresented individuals. I don't know. Right. Yeah. So that's hopefully I did my best to kind of take that yes. piece and put that together. I, it makes so much more sense, you know, because I feel like everyone has this idea, first of all, of backlinks being like directories. And that was, I think, the historical place where a lot of people started. And so nobody moved off of that definition. Mm. But I love this idea, defining it more in terms of aligning with your PR. So getting yeah. out there and 
finding yourself placed in these, you know, when you, when you talk to PR people, they talk about placements and having these, you know, and, and I feel like that's such a great word because you are putting yourself in front of this very specific audience. And when I talk to clients, a lot of the times they are like, I want to be on Forbes. I want to be on, you know, like they have their list of five magazines that they want to be published in. And it's like, Okay, but really, do you want to appeal to the entire universe? Because that is so broad. And what percentage of that population do you really actually care about? It's so tiny. And it's it's a lot of work to do that kind of placement as opposed to finding that tight being the little fish in the big no, the other way around. The big fish yep. in the little pond. <laughs> yes. So th- that I feel like is the the overall message here is be the little fish in the big pond. God, I keep saying that wrong. Be the big fish in the little, little pond. pond. And I can, I can, and I yes. hear, I, when I, I talk this with clients, I hear like, but how do we know what magazine or forum right. or what? And I'm like, come on, go ask your clients. And again, yes. we don't know. And this, again, is important. And the reason it's important is I do the, so we can talk a little bit if we want to about like yeah. client interviews. Yeah. I can train clients to do it, or I can do the interviews on behalf of my clients, depending on the situation. Sure. It goes one of two ways. We have a question we ask around when it comes to X, whatever it is you offer, where do you go to learn more? Yes. And two things happen. Either your client's clients go, oh my goodness, I listen to this podcast. I go yep. to this magazine. You're like, you write it all down. And sometimes we'll find patterns or like, I, I read these books, right? And from yep. there, we have ways of extracting out of that. Or they go, I don't. And that's really important for people uh, getting back to their job isn't law. So we think that, so instead of saying, if you wanted to, let's say, go on your socials and ask, and darlings, you can do this right now. This is a two second clicky you can do. Go on your favorite socials and ask when it comes to family law, who's your favorite podcaster? But I bet you no one's going to be like, oh, it's so-and-so because they're not in family law. They're families. But you might want to ask, Again, if you are a queer family law practice, what TikTok influencer do you find talks about queer family dynamics in an amazing way? Right. People love to respond to this. They will answer. And then you go on TikTok or LinkedIn, wherever you want to be, and they can tell you. But it's really important because, again, that Forbes is great for ourselves, but maybe your ideal audience doesn't pay attention to Forbes. And Forbes is really hard to get into. So you go after the the low hanging fruit. But again, you don't need to have the answers, but asking your clients is, and I'm going to be honest here, talking to your clients as a lawyer, I wish more did it because on the flip side, my job is to act as proxy. We feel like we can only talk to you when there's a problem. And ultimately there's so much more we want to build in a relationship with our clients, especially to have that referral aspect. So doing these, these asking your clients, you know, after, you know, depending on the situation, like to have a kind of conversation about how they found you and things like that can also grow relationships and grow your firm. And also you're not guessing and they're just, they're just, they're going to tell you and you take that to someone like me and Karen and we go from there and you go do your work and we come back and say, do this. Let's write this. Let's make these exactly. videos because your audience you already got, we want to replicate them. We don't right. want to imagine, but for some reason, it's very scary to everyone across industries. No matter if you're in law, you're in you know, coaching, whatever. Yeah. People are really, af- 
they're tentative. They don't want to talk to their ideal audience. Like people love to help you with this. They do. And yes. so I have a couple different clients that I'm picturing that are like two in particular that are on two different ends of this spectrum. One who every time they get a lead, they email me and they ask the lead, what did you search for specifically on Google? Yes. And they email me because they realize that this is what works. And then yeah. we build their, we already have a content strategy, obviously, but we continue to refine and build yes. the content strategy based on what is happening. The other client is determined to be, and I'm using air quotes here, thought leader, which is one sure. of my favorite, not favorite phrases. Sure. But so their content strategy they've just recently decided, is ChatGPT. And they have decided that they, as this person of authority, that they, they have decided as a person of authority, sure. they are going to just write their own blog posts in ChatGPT based on, because they know what they're talking about. And my challenge with that is that they are answering their own egotistical kind of thought process about what they think people want to know about and their their practice area is very civil rights like kind of federal stuff it's very mm. what's the word i'm looking for kind of in the clouds it's very kind of theoretical mm. could yeah. be lots of like case stuff so as opposed to taking the actual results that what people are actually searching for and then making assumptions about that those results and then taking those assumptions into chat gpt i feel like is a very uh, kind of scary place to be with your content strategy. So well, I want to talk. It's not a strategy. It's sort of like saying I'm going to build a house. They're like, how? And you say nails. <laughs> I get it. And, and again, this is easy for us. This is our expertise, right? And so, and like, and I'm sure I, there's, there's giggles happening in the listeners right now because there's right. areas in law where I will go, so you just sue them, right? And they're like, that's, no, that's not no. how it works, Allison, yes. yeah. right? right? But this is part of it is that that tactical thing, and I get it, it feels good to yes. do something. Yes. It's a lot harder and it's hard to echo out time. And I know you want to go back to your cases. You want to help your other associates do what they got to do. But that like the nails that uh, using a thing to do something SEO, any of this, or even the PR, that's like when you're ready to build the house. Yeah. But I, I believe what I call like measure twice, cut once in marketing is yeah. do finding out where they're from. And then before you still do work, go see other people that are doing it, other brands, because not only can they, can these interviews point to, you know, who they listen to your ideal audience. Yeah. You have to go study those brands. You have to sign up for their newsletters. You have to follow them on their inst on their accounts, wherever they are online. Because from there, you need to reverse engineer. Your audience says they adore them, love them, follow them, trust them. Your yeah. next stage is still, what are they putting out? Because basically, they're going to do your strategy for you because you yeah. get to watch in real time what flops and what sings. So you may feel as as a as a practitioner, as a practic practicing law, like everyone wants to know about the foundations of non-competes, non-competes, yeah. or you know, or non-disclosure agreement, something like that. But it turns out when you're when you did your audience your audience research, and they're like, oh, we love these three brands, and you go and look, and it's like, oh, there they are. They're talking about NDAs. Yes. No one commented on that. Oh, but they talked about inner culture and how and, and transparency in data information and people were ravenous in the comments. Yes. You're like, yes. okay, cool. That brand did the work for us. So we measure yep. twice and we cut once. And then you can go for us. 
we need chat GPT for that, or we need to hire a copywriter, or we need yeah. to just talk to our other associates, record them speaking and turn it into an audio podcast. Again, yeah. that's that other piece is, but it feels good to do stuff, but like it's, it's aimless and I understand yeah. why, but like, understanding what they want is because the next thing we do as business owners is go, why don't you tell me what you want? And your right. audience goes, you never asked us. Yes. I feel like this is similar with social media campaigns also, where sure. people just yeah. keep, they feel like that this is a place where I'm at and this is, you know, I'm in there all the time. So I kind of get it. And so I, this should be something I should be able to do similar to that whole blog post. I, this is my topic. This is the thing I talk about and this is the work I do. So I should be able to write this blog post, even though I'm not asking people what their questions are and I'm not looking to see if my clients are even on this particular social media platform, but I should be able to do this myself. And I, I feel like this is a place where a lot of mistakes happen. They're mistakes, but I think what's beautiful about marketing, I really believe in trying to make it as sustainable as for business owners as possible. So in my experience, some of the stuff that's written can stay. It might have a nugget. Again, you might want to do the research first, but let's say you wrote 55 blog posts. Maybe there's five or six there that actually have some legs, we might say. Yeah. So sure. you don't need to ditch it. But with yeah. this new information we now know, right, we always work better not harder, <laughs> we work yeah. smarter, not harder, yeah. then it's like, okay, I've as as a as a legal professional, I've said my bit about what I know, from an SEO standpoint, how I would write that how it up it is I would tack on the top of it, really making sure that you've answered that. So whatever topic you have, frame it more like a, I'm not saying get the you know, what to do in this case, maybe again, yeah, those, the research will help you. The top part should very quickly answer the question. Google and people on Google, they don't want to read your dissertation. They want to like, they don't want to what scroll. is this answer? Yep. But the opportunity is in there, you can begin to weave the unique point of view of yep. your firm. Yep. Examples of where this happened. Again, if it's queer family law, I'm just pick it up because once you get a, once you get an example, you want to go with it, right? Like clear example. So now the reader yes. goes, huh, this firm not only answered my question, but they immediately told me that they understand my particular family situation. Yes. And then you can filter in everything you've written. And then the natural conclusion at the bottom of that is book a call. And that book yep. a call is bespoke to that topic. Now, yeah. not only have you answered the question from a legal perspective or informational perspective, you've peppered the term queer family, same-sex marriage disputes, whatever it is you want to put in there. And all of a sudden, you've expanded the keywords yep. on that topic. I did it. Look, I actually managed to like get tactical with SEO in this. Yes, that. I love that. And the kind of summary of all of that whole example that you just used is kind of coming back to where we started. That is really complex. This whole idea is complicated. There's so many layers here and you, you should be busy being a lawyer. And so, you know, all you can start with that, that core yes. nugget of mm -hmm. the content that you are describing, but all the layers and the, the complexity of it is where we come in and add and make it work. So for all those people who come to me and say, I've got this stuff, I've tried to bl write blog posts and whatever, and it's just not working. It's probably because it's not 
doing all those things. It's not complex enough. It's not answering the questions. It's not speaking to them on a level where they really feel like they're, you know, getting the answer that they're coming to your site to ask. And then it's also probably not converting well because maybe there's no call to action. Maybe there's nothing at the bottom that really says, okay, here's the next thing you need to do. So there's all these steps and check marks and checklists of things that need to happen that are beyond just the display of expertise. Yes. And the beautiful thing is, or something that's interesting that happens, again, service-based business owner, I'm up my own yeah. assholes at the time because it's really yeah. hard to like get ourselves out of it. Right. Again, this is a deepening of what we do. When you started your firm, you learned things, right? Like like the intro of this podcast talks about basically you're not given business advice, you're being trained on your specialization. Yeah. There's something I think because content is something you kind of like, it's here, you type it or you film it and you put it up. As business owners, we're really like, oh, it didn't work. Throw it out. Yeah. And I'm like, you didn't do that with your processes or your hiring processes or how you onboard your clients. So I am not saying that this is easy work, but to right. me, it's about building on a foundation you have in place yep. and learning each time. And in most cases, if you, if a part of this resonates with you, there are 300 firms who do not. So even though it yep. sounds like, like tough work, most firms are not doing it. They've been, they've been given generic SEO advice where they yep. write the same top level basic keywords. Google's like, haha, I'll just answer that in the yeah. search results. Ain't no one going to get clicked to that. Right. right. So, so I feel like, yes, I think like marketing, we as marketers, we tend to be like, oh, just do this and just do that. But I think this is a building and we want to, as business owners, we want to treat our marketing as an evolutionary, beautiful journey where you yeah. get to nerd out on law. Our goal as marketers to make sure that you're talking about it in a way relevant to your audience. We are yeah. checking in. We are the proxy to that and to yeah. help you to do that because, or your other option is invest wisely in content writers who specialize in your field, but you would want to still look for someone who's going to be willing to step out of the generic box yeah. and work with this beautiful gold you've unearthed with your ideal audience because we're just replicating them. Yeah. You know, that's a really good point because I feel like there has been this evolution. I know you've been doing this long enough. I've been doing this long enough that at the beginning, like way back when we were doing like HTML sites, it was, it needed to be overhauled, like bring in the bulldozer, start over every two to three years, you know, yeah. sometimes less. And it's not that I, I'm doing that less and less because yeah. they're like you're describing, there's some good stuff there. There are gold little nuggets, but a lot of times we have to kind of dig around a little bit and, you know, sure. take away all this extra stuff that's not doing anything and getting in the way. So it's kind of unearthing the gold nuggets and mm. then revising and upgrading and improving over time. And so oftentimes we'll, I'll be having these conversations. I'm sure you do too, where it's like, okay, there's some good stuff there. We need to make it better. And so yeah. for people who are thinking, okay, I've got that, I've got this, maybe you have part of it. But maybe it could be better or maybe it could be refined or more specifically aimed in the correct direction. Or maybe you just need to kind of continuously take a look at how to, you know, pay attention a little bit more to what your clients are asking and and just continuously improve. Absolutely. And there yeah. are simple systems for this. There are more complex ones. It's I think marketing tends to act like everything needs to be a big, huge, multi-step thing and we will be able to track it and, to, and it's bullshit. That's not no. actually how marketing works. 
Yeah. It can be a whole other podcast about attribution. That's a whole other, like, it's false. It's actually really hard to, to narrow down attribution in a many, many ways. Basically, Charlotte, that means, like, start to finish, we want to know exactly every touch point our ideal audience has. I'm like, are you trying to herald humans? Because it's kind of impossible. <laughs> but it is. And again, and it's this bring to the table all of your wonderful artwork, and then allow marketers to help curate that show for you. Yes. Yeah. And then yeah. repurpose it. Again, like that shouldn't be your area or your your energies. But again, everyone can do But And I think it feels better as business providers when we, we remarry our marketing to the end impact of our clients. Yeah. It, it stops being like an item on the to-do list and more of like, oh, this is part of the impact I create. Even if I'm not doing a case yeah. for someone, I have just... In writing a blog post, I have put out into the world our unique perspective on why other people are getting fleeced in this area of law yeah. or why this is archaic and problematic and our firm is doing it differently. Or yeah. did you know that most firms are still using scare tactics about this thing and that legislation changed six years ago? It's actually yes. a non-issue. Yeah. So if we, if I can help anyone listening, Marketing, there's a wonderful SEO marketer named Sarah Moon. And the way she puts marketing is I know like, Sarah. Keep, yeah, oh, you know what, personally? Oh, I do. Tar, tar, I'm like the biggest fan in, in terms of marketing. But she always yeah. says, you know, oh, you don't want to talk about marketing? I love talking to people about things I love. Yeah. That's what marketing is. Yeah. And it oh just my gosh. plays in a way that it matters to your audience. We are not marketing to ourselves ever. Very rarely does it happen. Yeah. It's yeah. like, look in the mirror. And tell yourself, I am not my audience. I am a Sherpa for my audience. I am not yes. my audience. I am a Sherpa for my audience. Yes. Say it again and again and again. Because <laughs> unless you're, unless again, your firm is dealing with firms, and that's totally cool. And yeah, that's awesome. But for most right. of us, yeah, we're, we're just, we're like, how can we attract the people? It's like, well, what yeah. do you people want? What do you people want? Exactly. Okay. So it is time for the book review. And I know you've got a good one. So one of the all-time best marketing experts on the planet. So Allison, who's, who's, what's the book that you're going to add to the library today? Not that he needs any more clout, but true. it is the That's near true. and dear Seth Godin. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I, I, I muffed his words. <laughs> That's okay. Anyways, he has a new book out called The Song of Significance. A yeah. new manifesto for teams. I've always enjoyed him because he's very succinct in what he says. He's very inclusive in his language when he's giving examples from industry, gender identification, you name it. His little blog that he has, where he just drops little nuggets, are fantastic. He is probably one of the most amazing brains that we have right now. Yeah. The Song of Significance, A New Manifesto for Teams, has nothing to do with SEO. It has nothing to do with marketing per se. But for anyone listening, where you're in a position to put more good into the world, to affect more change, and you're watching the systems in place that are falling apart and moving our world into areas of negativity, his manifesto is talking about workplace culture and marketing culture and sustainability culture, where we get away from doing things the way they were to a world that's more sustainable. I know that sounds really hokey yeah. pokey, but his background is in marketing, but also big, he's, he's done a lot of predictions that have worked out. He's really interested in the human aspect of why people are attracted to things. So if yeah. you're someone who's been looking for a book that is about effective change, big picture, but kind of aligns it through team building, industry culture. It's a great book to read. It's not tactical. It's a manifesto, 
But I feel like he is answering and talking about some of the biggest issues that we as business owners are part of. Yeah, and we affect so. tiny communities. So that's the yeah Song of Significance, A New Manifesto. Lynchpin was the book from him I was introduced to. It's my favorite. I, I run my business based on Lynchpin. But if you need a book that's not about marketing, but yeah. it's sort of about how to change systems that seem so hard to change. And like, it doesn't matter that you're in law, it doesn't matter when anyone's in, we all have a time to make change. The Song of Significance is the book for you. Highly yeah, recommend. Yeah, I think that's really, really timely, especially for the legal industry. The legal industry has been so slow to technology and change and all of that. And COVID really like exacerbated all of the problems, but then expedited things like before COVID, you never saw people having Zoom meetings. And like that was kind of getting standard with every other industry. And so the legal industry is like slowly coming to these things. And there's been a nice little leap during COVID. And so now it's like, let's ask the next questions. Like what comes next? Yes. Like how do we change the whole system? Or just maybe if you're in a bigger firm, maybe it's systematic within your firm. Or That's a good take one. A, that, yeah. yeah. The book has a lot of great conversations around thinking as a leader, as yeah. an owner, and as a recruiter in your firm, how to foster a true, wonderful dynamic within your team yeah. in a way that's not like, let's do a SWOT analysis. Let's go on a retreat. <laughs> like he, and it, those are fine too, but he's yes. like, if you're a big thinker and you're like, oh, like I need like the man on the mountain meets entrepreneur magazine. This is the book you kind of want to read, especially that if is... you love your team and you want them to be healthy and strong yeah. and make the change that puts you into the system in the first place. Oh, it's, it's a great one. And I, soloist too. As a soloist, I love it. Sure. I can yeah. see where it fits and how I can support. But yeah, yeah, team culture, it's a great book for that too. Awesome. Okay, we'll add that one. It'll be on the show page, links to, you know, all the Amazon and all that good stuff. But t check that out. Okay, so Allison, what is a big takeaway that you'd like people to get from this episode? Because we covered a lot of stuff. We were talking about SEO and brand strategy and lots of stuff. So I'm not going to recap everything. But what's a kind of big main point takeaway that you'd like people to get talk to your favorite clients yeah it's good uh, it seems so not, basic yeah. but yeah it seems so basic but honestly that combined with like asking them how they found you is something that so few people do and it seems like revolutionary when i bring it up to people and they're, i'm like you're you're tracking how your leads are coming in right oh yeah i should be doing that it's like come on you're killing it. Like literally you're killing your entire strategy by missing those two tiny little points. How do they find you? What do they want? Yes. And have us chew on this a little bit. When I say you want to talk to your favorite clients, the way we talk to them is not a review of them working with you. It's a very specific way of talking about what made their heads turn towards realizing they had a problem or solution they needed in which you fit. So yeah. I think that's the other, and that's a whole, again, like a whole other podcast yes. uh, about how to do this. But what I was talking, talk to your ideal clients. It could work out to be like a little exit form or depending on what your, the nature of your, uh, your um, firm is like. But we're asking really like, when does my practice fit into your world? Yeah, That's what we're trying to figure out. And that can help you with your SEO. It can help you with your social media, your paid advertising, your speaking engagement. If you do want to 
if you're in a position yep. where you want to be more out there in the world and share this wonderful knowledge you have, that can be helpful. Yeah. So I would say you want to talk to them, but it's not from perspective of, it's not a service review. It's more to understand that catalyst moment when they went from not giving a hoot about this to going, I need this. And sometimes it's not when the divorce has to happen. Yep. It's not when they have gone to HR and have had their, their complaint denied. It could be something further up. And also just how, and again, I know a lot of people aren't going to go on LinkedIn and like, I follow my favorite lawyers. I have seen it happen though. So we also sure. shouldn't assume what your ideal audience wants. So yeah, talk I to like them. that Darwin's visual. Yeah. Like all I'm picturing now is that what you were describing of the moment their head turned. Like all yeah. of a sudden, what was it? They're kind of going along on their day. They're kind of looking forward. And then all of a sudden there was something that caught their attention. And it's like, you know, that, that Disney movie where it's like squirrel, you know, like what was the thing that all of a sudden got their attention, but like picture their head turning and ask them what that was. What is the and thing? It's that usually not head? what you think it is. There's yes. like the obvious. Yes. And that's the thing too, for an SEO by asking them, you might uncover moments of this catalytic moment. And you're yeah. like, Oh, I, that, I don't know. Maybe yeah. you think it's when it's divorced, but it's not. It's it's some sort of other thing that you could talk about in your social media or in your blog. And I, I'm kind of like picking on that or when they move in. I don't know. There could be something else because yeah. we yeah. they come to us at a critical moment. But you could be reaching out to people and providing value to them through your marketing, first and foremost, yeah. so that when the time comes, they're going to go, who do I trust? Well, in this day and age, it's what law firm do I feel like wasn't telling me don't do this and don't do yeah. that? Like, yeah. oh, it's that one where the founder on LinkedIn yep. every Thursday talks about uh, intergenerational connectivity. Yep. And I love that. And I really want to refer, you know, again, because yeah. you know, the research, it turns out that the kind of work that you do, that's a big piece that they want. Yeah. So there we go. I'm just going to add one little sub point there about paying attention to what it's not also, because mm. I find a lot of firms get very distracted with all these other tactics. Like they, for some reason, think either start, start to talk to me about TikTok and maybe there are, there are definitely practice areas where that can work, but there's lots where it will not. And it seems really weird for you to be there or social media in general. There's some yes. places where it's just not the right time and place and you're going to waste your time. So think about these ideas that you have in your mind about what it isn't. Also, what you're not hearing from your clients say, like they're mm -hmm. not saying I found you on TikTok or they are not saying that whatever other thing you might are might be guessing that it is. So like listen to it and then kind of keep that open mind too about you might think you need to go in this one direction and that might not be right. Absolutely. Because again, it feels good to think about a new thing and it's yes. going to solve the problem. So yeah. logically our brain goes, Chuck, I did a job. I got yes. a new way of doing it, but yeah, yeah. but then you got to go and do it all. It's a lot less sexy to be like, <laughs> well, what do we already have? And what do we actually want to be in? Because right. again, it gets technical. Again, we're getting down to, I want to build a house. And the answer is nails. <laughs> My first step should be, where is, where is the house being built? What kind of house is it? Right. Are we, you know, we're are we building walls. an existing house? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll bring in the, you know, we'll bring in the nails when we get there. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Allison K is a marketing consultant at Allison K Consulting. We're going to link to all your good links, socials, website, all. There's so much more content and clearly so many more things we could have talked about, but you know, you know, time is short. But thank you so much for being here. This was so fun to talk about all this good stuff and to tie what seemed can, to be sort of strange topics together, but it totally worked and we, we did it. <laughs> so thank you.
And thank you. And listeners from the bottom of my heart, thank you for putting good into the world. Thank you for fighting and advocating for people who do not know how to navigate these complex systems. Yes. It means the world to us. And I know sometimes you don't hear that. And sometimes it's just, I have a problem and can you solve it? But from the bottom of my heart and other folks, thank you for doing this hard work and for advocating for us. It's so important. Oh, that's so important. And I feel like that's what you need to lead with is that <laughs> feeling that you're aiming for as that end result, right? That gratitude and the feeling of understanding and, and like the solutions and all that good mm. stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the CouncilCast podcast. Be sure to visit our website at council-cast.com for the resources mentioned on the episode and to give us your feedback. If you enjoyed this episode, I would appreciate if you could rate and review the podcast on Apple and subscribe to your favorite podcast platform. See you on the next one.